you can esteem God's Word as greater than the words that form when you see yourself with your physical eyes. Get a revelation of Him and you will get a revelation about yourself. Christ died for you and you don't have the right to say you are worthless. So never live by wounded pride. Thanks for joining us on Life Journeys, a podcast about thriving through the worst pain that life brings. With global initiatives threatening big changes to our way of life, we're going to need to activate Jesus' words about mountain-moving faith. Words That Work is the ongoing series on life journeys that is rooted in releasing revelational words of faith that will work every time and with everyone. It's about moving the mountains that keep us from the presence and goodness of God. It's about defining our life purpose and identity through encountering Him. Until we have the power to move the obstacles that are destroying our liberty and hope, When you go see a work of art and then look at the author of it and call it a piece of junk, neither do you have the right to look at yourself and declare that you are worthless trash. You don't belong to yourself. You're God's property by his own statement of fact, and you belong to him. You don't even have the right to do what you want with your body. Did you know that? You simply are not your own. You were created by God, and though you were born broken because of sin, God has put in place the pathway for your complete restoration. You don't have the right to demean what God has made. Who would walk into a room full of His creations and say to Him, This room is full of useless garbage? Our problem is that we define ourselves by our own knowledge instead of by the knowledge of God. Many a person has taken their own lives because they believed a lie about themselves. Yes, you are probably still broken, but not hopeless. As we get older and hopefully smarter, we realize that we'll get weaker and soon something will go wrong with our body and we will die. If we have spent a lifetime defining our hopes and well-being by how we look, feel, and by what we accomplish, we have set ourselves up for despair. It's like we've been making payments all of our lives to buy the big lie. You're getting more hopeless, worthless, and miserable. Is that really what we've spent our lives purchasing? By making ourselves look better with our accomplishments and beauty products and entertainment? If we haven't developed a divine dignity through a real relationship with Christ, then that's exactly how we have spent our lives. We've built a self-image based on a failing set of principles that are guaranteed to establish death instead of life. The more days we have on earth, the closer we ought to be to God and the more we ought to know about who we truly are in Christ. Who do you think you are is really an important question. Most people, I fear, don't realize who they think they are. And another significant number of people think that they are far better off than they really are. Let me say it again. You don't have the right to disparage yourself, or anyone else for that matter. Your self-talk beneath the surface can destroy you both spiritually and physically. It's true that of ourselves, our righteousness is as filthy rags. That's what the Bible says. The heart of a man, it says, is desperately wicked. The Bible is clear. But that's not the end of the story on this. You see, we simply were not designed and created by God to be entities unto ourselves. We weren't made to be loners. 
any human being who is not connected to his God-given life in Christ is simply living as an aberration of his intended destiny and present existence. Paul speaks about Christ, who is our life, and he says, we shall be like him. We were created to live in a spiritual union with him, whereby he defines our existence. If you are born again, to say that you are worthless is to say that Jesus Christ is worthless. The Bible says that he has been made to be wisdom and righteousness and holiness and honor for you. God doesn't want you to beat yourself up over who you are in him because that's unbelief. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. Living without faith is just not compatible with establishing hope and joy and peace with yourself and God. I'm so ugly. I'm too short, too fat, too dumb, too unlikable. Is all coming from a heart that doesn't know how to live by the truth. You're not the prettiest girl in town, the tallest guy on the team, the perfect weight or the just right person in most things. But you were never asked to be or created to be that. You were created to be the image of Christ. Just look at who you came from and start learning how to live by faith, not by sight. Remember, if everything that can be seen was made by the Word of God, then the Word of God is more trustworthy than everything that can be seen. So if we spend our days and our thoughts being more preoccupied with our body and trophies on the wall, then we are preoccupied with who we are in Christ, and we're going to be far less hopeful and happy than we are intended to be. I have many days where I am confined to my recliner. I can't plan outings, vacations, or even a trip to the store because even though I can feel restful today, tomorrow will probably be a day of pain, fatigue, and great heaviness. But it's on days like that where I have learned to catch myself when I start feeling emotionally down and hopeless because of my outer situation. The nagging inner loss of joy begins to take over. If I go down that road very far, I can wind up feeling sorry for myself and even accusing God of not honoring his words of healing. But I have learned through the years to be like the psalmist who was wearied by the prosperity and the vigor of the ungodly. He said, truly, I've cleansed my heart in vain, for all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. When I thought to know about this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. You see, it's here in the presence of the Lord through faith and time with Him that the soul and body become the sanctuary of the Lord. He has called us temples of the Holy Spirit. He dwells with us and in us. It is in this place, when I have sought His presence, that I can esteem His words as greater than the words that form when I see with my own physical eyes. In times of desperation and despair over the state of my physical life, the psalmist would feel the same way and say, My soul is thirsting for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see your power and your glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary, because thy loving kindness 
is better than life. We would do well to understand how God created us. It's in the way that when we're despairing of our lot in life, that's the soul's thirst for God. That's precisely one of the reasons why he allows this life to be painful at times. It was never intended to be our source of living water or our bread of life in, in this world. When we cry out for a loss of self-esteem or of our diminishing physical stature, that's our soul crying out for the life that comes from above. There is where I understood where my life really was, in His glory. When I get to heaven, I'm not going to ask God why I suffered on earth. Was it my heart or my body chemistry, or was it genetically inherited? Well, I won't care. I'll be living the answer completely. That's why God told me one day, when you're beholding my glory as you enter my presence, you're experiencing who you are, too. Remember my word. You are changed into my image from glory to glory, as if in a mirror. My glory is a mirror into your own soul. All of these Life Journeys episodes about words that work are about leading you into the sanctuary of God. If you don't know that and haven't used them as springboards to seek the glory of the Lord and realize you are His temple, His image, then you've missed the reason why God inspired these short teachings. It's all about coming into God's presence and having a revelation of Him. You see, when you have a revelation about Him, you will also have a revelation about yourself. This is because you weren't created to be a whole person without the presence and glory of God that establishes your identity in Christ. It's not about merely learning some things, these lessons. It's about applying revelation. You see, revelation without application and action disappears like the morning mist. Revelation that is not preceded by conviction as well bounces off the soul like water off a duck's back. Jesus said, The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. He talked about laying up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Well, this is that. It's finding the power of Christ's life in you instead of trying to endlessly draw life from the earthly elements and achievements of this world. He said, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And the words that I speak to you are life, he said. Drawing happiness and contentment with who we are is much harder than living the life above by faith. I'm afraid many have become far too performance-oriented to just rest with him, not realizing that our challenges are meant to usher us into the sanctuary of God. In Christ, we are offered freedom from the fear of evil, a divine presence where there is fullness of joy, peace that passes understanding, hope that is absolute no matter what, love that is unfailing, and so much more. It's time to take this seriously when the world turns on us and to go after this abundant life with all that we have. The Bible says you are God's special possession. Thus, you are set apart, set apart people by God and for Him. I remember the time that my friend K.K. John told me that he'd been praying for me, and God spoke to him and said, I'm setting him apart. 
that meant a lot to me. The process has often been very painful as I was cut back in just about every way a person could be cut back. But it was heaven's invitation to draw near to God, away from the world's influence, and to be made more like Him instead of like the world. God was making me more and more a part of this, what the Bible calls a peculiar people. Today I still have all the same setbacks, but I have more abundant life. But listen, Billy Graham said, The closer you get to Christ, the more sinful you're going to feel. Anyone who's ever seen a true reflection of God is deeply convicted of his own sin. Peter said, Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. The fact that you're aware of your sin and feel guilty about it is a sign of your spiritual life. Wow, I found that to be absolutely true. It is very unsettling, yet very cleansing to draw near to God. It becomes the gateway into a closer walk with the abundant life of Christ. This kind of pain brings healing to the soul, whereas the pain of wounded pride for a failing carnal life is nothing more than a sign of spiritually dying. Never accept condemnation for drawing closer to God and feeling the sting of His cleansing. Repent and believe Him. But for the pain of feeling sorry for yourself, your soul is in desperate need of changing direction to find life from above instead. Just give God a chance. Let Him turn your sorrow into joy. Take the time to step into the sanctuary of the Lord. It's your true home. Hard times are heaven's invitation to grow in real faith. There are revelation principles that remove the mountains, keeping us from joy, hope, peace, and purpose when our world gets turned upside down. Look for these words that work with Pastor Hardica as he shares what has helped him when life got hard. And don't forget to check out his book, The Fortress and the Firebrand, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Thanks for listening to Life Journeys. Find new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. And if you're new to this series, it begins with the September 16th episode. You were created to be the image of Christ. Just look at who you came from and start learning how to live by faith, not by sight. Remember, if everything that can be seen was made by the Word of God, then the Word of God is more trustworthy than everything that can be seen.